Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Merry Christmas, church. This is a special season. Uh, It truly is a time to um, just really celebrate Christmas. Uh, We try to make it special in various ways. Uh, Some of you have uh, a few days off from work. Uh, Hopefully you get some special time with family. And uh, who doesn't enjoy receiving a few gifts? Nope, nobody raised their hand. Yeah, we all enjoy receiving a few gifts. And our Christmas series is entitled Unboxed. And the idea is uh, when, when Christmas comes around, we are unwrapping gifts. And um, it's a reminder that Christmas is a time when we have received the greatest gift. You know, I don't know if your house is like mine. But um, when, when we're around the Christmas tree uh, on Christmas morning, uh, we read the Christmas story and, and we have quality time together as a family. But it seems like that, that part where we open Christmas gifts just goes too fast. Does that ever happen in your household? It seems like it just goes too quick. But how many of you know that when God is the giver, that the best gift can take a lifetime to unwrap? And so Unboxed is about a special gift to you given by your heavenly father for your salvation. Our text this series is Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to take a look at verses 6 and 7. Before we read that, though, I just want to say that the book of Isaiah is sometimes referred to as the fifth gospel because the book of Isaiah has more prophecies about Jesus than any other book in the Old Testament. And we're going to be looking at one of those prophecies as our text today. As I mentioned earlier, Isaiah chapter 9, let's read it together, beginning in verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in verse 7, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will do this. In this series, we're exploring uh, four titles revealing who Jesus is. In the Bible, a name means more than just a method for identifying a person. It indicates the work of the person. And these titles reveal characteristics about Jesus. There is a message about the Messiah in each one of these titles found in Isaiah chapter 9. His names reveal his personality. His names reveal his purpose. And his names reveal his power. And the more you know him, the more you can trust him. So, let's see what we can learn. Are you ready? Going back to verse 6. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And let's take some time to focus on this title, Everlasting Father. What can we learn about Jesus from this title? Let's take a closer look. Let's... Look first at the word father. The simple definition of a father is the male parent of a child. The male parent of a child. So, 
How does this apply to Jesus? In other words, can we say that Jesus is our father? In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and here's the key, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, many of you have studied the Bible, and you already know who this is referring to, but some of you may be new to the Bible, and um, if it's not if you don't already know who is being referred to by the word, then I have a quick tip for you just to help you when it comes to interpreting scripture. And that's this. Uh, let scripture interpret itself. Let scripture interpret itself. So having said that, let's skip down to verse 14. And we read, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So who is the word? Yes, Jesus. Going back to verse 3. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. This passage, in summary, basically, this passage is saying that Jesus is the creator of the universe. And this is why Jesus is given the title everlasting father. The simple definition of a father is the male parent of a child. And everybody knows that. But why is our creator referred to as the male parent? Why not the female parent? Why not mother? Why is our creator referred to as him? Well, when it comes to relationships, there are two qualities that generally describe males. There are, there are two characteristics of masculinity. Now, there are always exceptions to these, so keep that in mind. There's always exceptions, but generally speaking, in a relationship between a male and a female, it's usually the male that takes initiative toward the relationship. It's usually the male that takes the initiative toward the relationship. The other thing And again, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, males are physically stronger than females. So these two qualities describe Jesus in relation to us. He's the one who took the initiative. Um, He's the one who who came after us. We didn't find him. He found us. Um, He took the initiative to create us, and then he took the, the initiative to redeem us into a relationship with himself. And then secondly, he's stronger than we are. Everybody agree? Okay, so having said that, in relation to mankind, our creator is masculine. That's why I refer to our creator as him. He takes the initiative and he is stronger. And so having said that, we refer to him as our father. Make sense? Okay, so let's turn our attention to the word everlasting. This reference to everlasting has two meanings. And let me explain it this way. If you were to visit DOC or DYA, DOC is Department of Corrections or Department of Youth Affairs. Uh, For those listening by podcast, those are our correctional facilities here in our community. If you were to visit those facilities, you would find that many of the people in those institutions are male. 
And if you could do a study of their background, if you could do a life history of their background, you would find they have one common denominator that is glaring and sobering. And that is most of them came from households where their father was absent emotionally, relationally, and in many cases also physically. They were in a situation of fatherlessness. And that is a condition in our society today that is epidemic. It's all over the place. It's not just the people who are in DOC or DYA. In contrast to the fatherlessness that is so rampant in society today, you need to know that your everlasting father will never leave you. He is everlasting. He will never leave you. You just talk to any elementary school teacher who's got troubled kids in their classroom and they have parent-teacher conferences and they're calling and saying, come, we need to talk to you about your kids and they learn about the life histories and they find out the troubled ones, the boys that are running around uncontrolled, oftentimes they're in households where they don't have a dad. They haven't learned how to honor authority and they're hurting because of it. But But your heavenly father, he will never leave you. You know the story of the prodigal son? I'd like to rename it. That could also be called the story of the everlasting father. You know that son, even after he ran away from home and he squandered every penny, that his dad was waiting for him and he was watching for him. And you know, when that son came to his senses, and by the way, that's the key, when he came to his senses... And he decided to go home and his dad saw him from a distance. It says his dad ran to him. I tell you, if you even decide to turn toward God and to seek him, you will not have to go far because he will come to you. He is your everlasting father. If you have received Christ... And you're born again. That is born into the family of God. He is your everlasting father and he doesn't change. He doesn't. Now I said this phrase everlasting has two meanings. He's your everlasting father in the sense that he will never leave you. The other meaning is this. The phrase everlasting father can also mean father of eternity. The reason for this is because the word father can also refer to someone who possesses a quality or a characteristic. The word father can also refer to someone who possesses a quality or a characteristic. For example, Abraham is known as the father of faith. Abraham is called the father of faith because after the flood, Abraham was the first to possess faith, to possess trust in God. And by the way, just to let you know how much faith Abraham had, anybody here ever raised somebody from the dead? Not me. But if you knew somebody who had done that, wouldn't you consider them to have great faith? You know, Abraham was given a promise that his, he would be the father of many nations, of a great multitude of people. Only problem is his wife was getting older And then she had passed that stage of childbearing in life. And yet it says Abraham still believed that God would fulfill his promise. 
Do you know he was a miracle-believing kind of person? That God could do the unusual and the unnatural? Not only that, he believed that God could raise people from the dead. You know, when, when the Lord told him to give up his son Isaac, we read in Hebrews that he was able to do that believing that God could raise his son from the dead. Isn't that symbolic? But that was Abraham's faith. He was the kind of person that believed that God could raise somebody from the dead. And so he is called the father of faith. A father possesses a quality or a characteristic. Here's another example. Hippocrates is considered the father of modern medicine because he possessed so much medical knowledge. In the same way, Jesus is the father of eternity because he possesses eternity. Jesus himself possesses eternal life. In fact, this particular point has everything to do with the name of our church. 1 John 5.11 says, This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. This life is in his Son. If you want eternal life, there's only one way to have it. You have to have Jesus in your life. In fact, when you read the very next verse, the Apostle John says in verse 12, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And he went on in verse 13 to say, The reason I write these things to you is so that in order that you may know that you have eternal life. And so Jesus himself possesses eternal life. He is the source of eternal life. And therefore, he is the father of eternity. I will close with this last point. So far, I've said that Jesus is your everlasting father because he created you. He's your everlasting father because he will never leave you. He's your everlasting father because he is the father of eternity, meaning he's the source of eternal life. And here's the final point. Let me present it to you in the form of a question. Why did God create you? Why did God create you? And why did he come back to redeem you, to save you, and to bring you into eternal life? Why did God do that? The reason God did all of this is because of this next point. God is love. 1 John 4.16 God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Of all the messages behind the title Everlasting Father, the greatest message is this, and this, that is Jesus loves you. God loves you. The Father heart of God is a heart of love. And that means he forgives you. It means he wants you to know his favor. It means that he's patient with you, that he's kind-hearted toward you, that he's merciful toward you, that he will not leave you, and that he is committed to you. And as you seek him, he will restore you, and he will restore your life to his original intention. He'll redeem you. He'll restore your identity. And most importantly, He will restore his purpose. He will restore your destiny, what he intended for you from the beginning. 
He's your everlasting Father. You know, I stand here today as an example of how God does this. When I, when I first met the Lord, I was 20 years old. I was a student at UOG. There was a guy named Don Rogers who was a student at Pennsylvania State. He traveled halfway around the world to talk to people on Guam about the Lord. And God, my everlasting father, set up a divine appointment. And we met at UOG in a volleyball game, and he shared the good news of God's love and God's presence. And so I accepted Christ into my life. Now, if you knew me back then, you would not recognize me as the same person. I was shy. I was an introvert. I was all to myself, very quiet. I was a loner. And I was very out of touch with myself. Um, I used to meet with Don on a weekly basis. He was discipling me, helping me grow in my relationship with God. And he would just start off with your typical warm-up question, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? And I tell you, for the life of me, I was at a loss. I, I couldn't articulate that. I was, I was out of touch. And it was almost as if he had to give me multiple choice. You ever seen those posters with emoticons on it? They have all these different smiley faces with different emotions listed underneath. And you use it for middle school kids if you're a counselor in middle school to ask them how are they feeling today. I needed one of those. And so he would ask me, how are you? And he'd give me multiple choices. I don't know. Yeah, I'm fe- yeah, maybe I'm feeling that, you know. And eight years later, when I met my wife and I got married, I hadn't changed very much. She would ask me, how are you feeling? And I tell you, it would take me like forever to figure that out. I mean, I just really tested her patience to sit there and wait for 10 minutes for a response. (laughs) But you know, my everlasting father has been committed to restore my life and redeem me to his original design. Today, she says I talk too much. (laughs) In this series, we're learning who Jesus is. Wonderful counselor refers to the wisdom of Christ. Mighty God refers to the power of Christ. And everlasting Father refers to the love of Christ. And as we work our way through this series, I trust that you're getting to know Jesus a little bit more. Amen? Let's pray. I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up. Father, we are here today celebrating Christmas. And Father, so thankful that we even have a season called Christmas to celebrate because of your great love. And so, Father, we come before you today and we just present ourselves as openly as we can, as honestly as we can. And just to ask a simple question between you and God, I want to invite you just to say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Let me give you a moment to think about that. If you have a sense of what God is communicating to you, I want to give you a moment to actually respond to what you're sensing.
So just take a moment between you and God to do some business with him. Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're here with me. And I thank you for touching my life, speaking to me, impressing me, guiding me. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for Jesus, the living word who made this relationship possible. And I thank you for loving me. And Father, as I sense your presence and what it is that you want, I'm coming before you today and just offering the best that I can, and that is myself, my trust in you to follow you. God, would you take what I have, my life, my time, my talents and treasures. God, would you allow me to bring honor to you? Father, we are here to honor you and to make disciples. And would you help us to be able to live out your purpose, to know you and to help others to know you? And Lord, in whatever unique way it is that you're guiding me today, I'm coming to you to say yes. Yes, Lord. And if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, there may be some in this room here today, as you're listening to me talk about a relationship with God, that is something that has attracted your attention. In fact, it has everything to do with why you're here today. You've come here because you're seeking and you're searching. And you too would like to experience God. And if that describes you, I want to give you an opportunity to just say yes to God. To open yourself up to him. Just, and it just happens by a simple decision that you make in your heart. There aren't any hoops that you have to jump through. He's just looking for your heart to be open to him. And if you've never done that before, if you've never made that decision to say, God, I'm opening my life to you and I want you to come in and show yourself to me. I want to experience you. If you've never done that before, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God today. And the way we're going to do that is just to tell God. That's called prayer. We're just going to, sh just going to share a quick prayer. What I'll do is I'll pray out loud and you can pray along with me in your heart. And God will hear you. He knows what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And if that describes you, then what I'd like to do is pray with you. But before we do, I have a little signal. I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And the signal is this. If you would simply look up, then I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so if that is something that you're interested in doing, then go ahead and look up at this time and then we'll pray in a moment.
Okay, I see you there. Any, yes, anybody else? Okay, all right, anybody else? Yes, in the back. I see you there. Okay, anybody else? Yes, okay. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Don't want to miss anyone. Okay, let's pray. God, I believe in you. God, that's why I'm here today. And Lord, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm making a decision to come to you. I'm making a decision to open up to you. And I want to invite you into my life to be a part of me. What's going on with me? Lord, I've been living life my own way for a long time. And that hasn't worked very well. Lord, you know the things I've done, things I'm not proud of. And I ask you to forgive me in the ways that I have hurt others or myself. But most of all, God, forgive me for the way that I've hurt our relationship by taking this long to come to you and say, yes, I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for all those things that have been running through my mind in the last few seconds. I thank you that you forgive me. And God, today I'm making a choice to receive Jesus and receive your forgiveness for me. I thank you for the forgiveness you accomplished on the cross. I thank you for Jesus and I invite him into my life. God, I'm asking that you would give me a new start. Lord, show me your way to live. Show me how. I pray that you would speak to me and reveal yourself to me in many ways, but especially through your word, the Bible. God, open my mind, awaken me, make me sober to see and to hear your presence and your voice. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.